0: Love Talk Radio. Hi, it's Laura Mize, PDF Special Language Pathologist from TeachMeToTalk.com and MyEI2.com, and I'm so excited to be here today, not only for the fabulous show that we have today. But to talk about all of the upcoming shows when I've lined up some wonderful, wonderful guests. And so before we get going today, I want to take just a minute to talk about what's coming up the rest of the summer for Teach Me To Talk podcast. On July 15th, we are going to have, and again, please, if you've not heard this, Pamela Marshall is going to be my guest next week and she's one of my all-time favorite speech pathologists and her work has been so inspiring to me so when she agreed to do the podcast well first of all I had to pick myself up off the floor and then I've just been giddy thinking about it since then and we're going to be talking about her book Becoming Verbal with Apraxia." We're also going to be talking about Strategies for working on vowels and how to shape sounds from even a neutral vowel like an "uh" sound. She's going to talk to us and give us some tips for working with children who drool. And she also shares my belief that we should take a real developmental approach for expressive language goals, meaning that if children are at a lower cognitive level than 12 months, we really shouldn't be writing goals for those kids to talk yet. And she's going to share that belief. And talk about that and so much more, but that's coming up next Monday on July 15th. The Monday after that, on July 22nd, we have Dr. Carol Zangari from PracticalAAC.org. And a few weeks ago, we referenced Carol's work when Sharika Benson was a guest and we talked about AAC, And then I sent Carol an email not knowing if she would agree or answer or want to be on the show, and she happily agreed, and so I'm thrilled about that. So we'll get to hear from her. And then upcoming in August, we have uh, Kimberly Scanlon, who's written a great book for parents. She's a pediatric speech-language pathologist who specializes in little ones like I do, and so she's going to be a ton of fun to talk about. And then we also have Sarah Bingham from WeHands is a sign language person from Canada that has a super cute line of DVDs um, that are appropriate for parents as well as therapists. And so I am thrilled about all of our upcoming shows and just wanted to go ahead and talk about that a little bit. All right, let's switch gears and talk about what's coming up today. We have a really great mom, and she has a wonderful name, but she pronounces it that way. Uh, different vowel sounds I use. I'm the southern pronunciation of Laura, and she's that other way, Laura. So, Laura, you're here with us. Yes, I am. All right. I'm so excited to have you here because, and I've told you this right before the show started and then in our communications back and forth, I think you have such an important story to tell with um, your journey with your little guy named Michael. Now, how old is Michael now? Uh-oh, you're keeping in and out. I no, yeah, Hang I on, my
1: phone up here so I can get closer to the microphone and it started. Are you still okay. there? Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I think I must have hit Uh-oh. that magic stick with my cheek. So, oh, no. Uh, I, oh. Yeah. So Michael is three and a half. Um, okay, great. And um we you know, he he is uh we're doing all sorts of things with him, but we kind of I knew he wasn't talking at eighteen months. Um but he also had not started walking until seventeen, so we gave it a couple months.
0: And you uh, had um, a family history too, Laura, with your have a, you had some nephews who had some, some learning differences, right?
1: Yeah, so it was a huge family history. So I have two nephews. Um, one was diagnosed with autism. Another one has childhood apraxia of speech. Um, right. I ha growing up, I have eight kids. And uh-huh. um, four of my
0: were in speech therapy. Wow. Yeah.
1: So, so it wasn't like, and then I was, um, you know, when I was born, my mom had a baby 12 months later, and my sister started talking before I did.
0: Wow. You know,
1: sweet sentences. I was just, you know, a slow one. You know, right. and back then, you know, that was 45 years ago. That was like, oh, well, she's just slower than the other one. The other one's smarter. Yeah. <laughs> so um so anyway, so it wasn't like, you know, he was boy. You know, he was he was always very social with me, um, and so I knew like he always liked to play peekaboo and things like that. But he just, right. didn't talk. you know, it was very interesting. I was listening to your um, to Leslie Lindsay, and she was talking about you know her daughter said hi, and then there was nothing else.
0: It was right? Like that. Was that what Michael did?
1: He said hi when he, you know, he would say hi, and then nothing else. And then, like, the next word that he said was alleluia.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: I'm like, (laughs) really? You can't say mama, but you're saying alleluia.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and you're thinking, where did that come from? Why aren't we getting those simpler words in here? Yeah, That was a pop-out word. So you knew something was yeah. up at that point, right? Yeah.
1: I was like, yeah. okay, so why is he saying this and he's not saying mama and daddy? Um, you know, right. my oldest child, she had said daddy first, and she had right. a
0: little bit of speech because she didn't
1: have F and s sounds. Um, and but she was just a know, sound
0: kid. Yeah. She wasn't a language kid. She wasn't. She wasn't. She low, was. Yeah. She, she was
1: starting yeah, I wasn't learning how to talk with you because you just couldn't understand anything she said. Was, she just right. she was substituting. She was substitu Once I went to a therapist and we did an assessment, and they said she's substituting Ds for every sound then I yeah. could understand her just fine. Because then I was like, oh, well, it's a D. what what could it be? And then I would figure it out. Um right. But with Michael, there were just no words. Right. So, um, right. And so we got um the first referral to for our healthcare provider to go see the speech therapist with our HMO. And they did an uh-huh. assessment. He was um he was um twenty three months. Okay. And you know, significant language delay. There's no way he's not going to qualify for county services. Um, yeah. you know but you're on a four month waiting list here. You know, oh, was that for the county the
0: services? Time. That wasn't for county. Oh, that that was, was for your. That was,
1: no, that okay. was for that was for the health. That was for our HMO. It was going to be a four month okay. wait
0: before they could see him
1: again. And okay. and, and like, okay, I know well, that had to be
0: really frustrating for you because you think yeah, I paid like, all okay. this money for insurance and we're not being right, able exactly. to access your benefits. Yeah, Yeah,
1: and then they said, and at the time there was some mix-up among the speech therapists within the insurance, because so they told me I could only get 20 visits to treat him, and I'm like, well, there's no way. I mean, yeah, I can, I'll use my like, 20 visits up, but, you know, he's going to be in therapy for three years. Right, you know? so, right. Uh, so I was able to get, I don't know why, the good Lord was looking out, because I got him in within 72 hours, so I had that speech therapy assessment on Friday, I went home from the therapist, and I called the county, Um, you know, I told him on the phone that, you know, he was diagnosed with this, this, and this from the doctor's office, and when could I get in, and they had an opening that day, and so,
0: um, yeah,
1: and it was, that assessment was probably the worst assessment of his entire life.
0: Now, what happened that was so bad?
1: Um, well, it was three hour assessment, um, yeah. and the speech They're therapist too long. there. It was way too long. The speech therapist there, and Michael's really, really active, and he's yeah. always been pretty active. Um right. And he has, he does have a hard time sitting and attending, but you can get him to do it. But very early on, the speech therapist had told him, no, 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 you can't do that. And they had some toys that were up high, that he was uh-huh. trying to climb. And they were, like, his favorite kind of toys. They were cars, and, right. you know, he wanted to play with them. And so he's
0: climbing to try and get
1: them, and she brought, before she started her assessment, she probably told him no about four or five times.
0: Oh, so that hurt his feelings so, and made him mad, right?
1: It, it hurt his feelings. It made him mad. And so when she started to ask him to do things, he, he pretty much just ignored her and, you know, like, wouldn't right. do anything fast. And so... I mean, on the upside, you know, his receptive language score was incredibly low, you know, which right. I knew was a lot, you know, but they told me that he, you know, they basically in that assessment were like, oh, he's got a lot of problems, da-da-da-da-da, and in the write-up, um, by the time when the when the person, when the the at-home visitor started coming a month later, she's like, well, yeah, a lot of this stuff is just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like, that's just wrong. That's just not the kid I'm seeing because, um, you know, yeah. even at two. I really always felt his receptive language was really good because he would always do things like, you know, if I would ask him to get his shoes or hang up his coat, he would do those type of things.
0: You right. Know, he would so he was like following that. central commands. Right. So you weren't really yeah, concerned was, about that. You just knew there was an expressive problem.
1: Right. And I knew, and, you know, I knew that, I knew that there was, and they're like, okay, well, he has these cognitive delays and he has this and that, and I'm like, no, he doesn't. I said, that's much nah. crap. <laughs> you know, just because he lines up cars, just because he lines up cars on, you know, for fun doesn't mean he's autistic. Right. But,
0: right. Because he
1: likes, he, he's very orderly and he likes things kind of straight, um, straightened up. So, um, you know, so that, you know, that I'll it all got better. The the therapist that we had that came into our house, she was really awesome.
0: Uh, but we only got
1: her for a year.
0: But he had a good social connection with her too. So it wasn't that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, he had good. a really
1: good, you know, he had good eye contact with her after probably the second good. or third visit. Um, once he
0: got to know her and figured out she was pretty yeah, fun. She, yeah, he once he figured her.
1: out yeah. nice and she wasn't going to make him do things he didn't want to do.
0: Um, right.
1: Yeah, you know, he was very particular. He didn't like animals. He didn't like you know, which made it very hard because you know the classic things you do is, you know, you know, do ba ba for Steve and moo moo and stuff like that. And he just wasn't going to do that.
0: Right. You know,
1: he but didn't he want kept
0: to... looking for things that were fun for him. Right. This is your your county EI yeah. person, but right? Your early person. Look and uh-huh. and she,
1: yeah, she ended up bringing one of those. Um, you know, the car toys where they ready, set, go toys yeah. with the cars? And she brought one of those, and he loved it, you know. Right. And that was when he popped the word blue. He wanted the blue yeah.
0: car.
1: Green yeah. and the blue car, and he the blue one, and he pointed to it and said blue car, you know. And at so this point, he said a good
0: Yeah, Yeah. and she did a really good job figuring out what he liked, and she didn't stick with things that weren't working. She went with what he liked to do, and she could just work in her strategies no matter what the materials were. She picked what he liked and went with that. So that was that's a big positive, and that's a big takeaway message today for parents and therapists who were listening to that story. So that that went great.
1: Yeah, so then, um, in, so after about six months of that, he was starting to get it to the point where um, he would sit on the blanket and he would attend for 20 minutes to a half hour. And
0: That's so nice. he
1: said, oh, It's probably, yeah. yeah, so he said, it's probably time. He could probably handle more therapy, you know, okay. so he could probably do office. And so I thought, okay, well, there's a four month wait with my health care provider. Let's call him back and say, right. We're ready now. Of services. Yeah, you because know, it right. was you know, if you weren't really ready, it wasn't really any point of going. And so um that was when just with the healthcare provider it was um, just with the speech therapy portion, it was so frustrating right. because they wouldn't call me back and then when someone called me back she says, Well yeah we can bring him in for services. You just need to call and get an appointment Well then I couldn't get a hold of someone to get an appointment. And I finally just got that I like went to the pediatrician and I said, I don't know what to do. I went to the doctor and he says, well, I'll just put in another referral. He says, I get complaints like this all the time.
0: Aww, and so, yeah.
1: so it took, and meanwhile, you know, it's like, well, he really needs therapy. He's ready to go. In the, middle, in the late October, um, I talked to my sister-in-law and she was going with a private therapist. So she had had a private company come to her home because she had three children in speech therapy at the same time. Um, wow. And so it, I had called to see if she would take as taking any more clients. Well, she was having a baby. And so she was okay. not taking any more clients. <laughs> and she was taking right. more at home. I was like, oh, my gosh, God's, like, out to get me here.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, what am I going to do? <laughs> so um, my sister-in-law had switched to this other local therapist. Um, there's two therapists in our area that do kids and the one right. that I so use
0: you, you live in kind of a rural area right you're outside of city so you're Yeah you're so kind of we're, a, okay.
1: Yeah we're 45 minutes outside of the city um, okay. so we are really close to like major services but for like weekly therapy you know you don't uh, want to be like, a therapy day for me in the city is 3 hours cuz it's you know right. it's forty minutes in, it's forty minutes out, I have an hour appointment, we have to eat lunch there because sure. you know it's, it's you know, so, hard. Yeah.
0: Um
1: but I did that. I did that for um I did that for about two months. But right. so I went I met with a private therapist who has also been seeing my nephews and she sat with Michael, she did an assessment. Um, you know, she's not she's more of a what the what our county therapist said. She's more of an old school therapist. You know, she sits with the kids right. and they make the cards and then they play the games with the cards. She's uh, doing
0: phonological therapy. So any, any speech psychologist listening to this that's, you know, around my age really recognizes that treatment model. It's Barbara Hodson's phonological therapy model. And it, it's not bad. I just don't know that it, well, I do know it doesn't work for every kid and it may not be successful with children who are under three, but it was a good fit for Michael, right? It
1: was. It it was um it was a good fit well it wasn't just it was a good fit for Michael, um because she did do she started out doing um using first the Buddy Bear series of books.
0: Mm-hmm. Um And then does he like books, Laura? Does he like books? Oh, he loves those books.
1: Those are the easiest part of therapy. If she gives those as a choice, then he'll pick every time.
0: Okay, good. She was was good finding his strengths and finding what he liked to do, too. So that's that's a plus. I know you've got some negatives in your story, but that's a plus, too. So, yeah, she
1: doesn't do that. yeah, you know, so that part, you know, she sits in, and he does, He really likes her. He likes to go in. Yeah. He knows what to expect. Um, yeah. And she's really good city when structure. things are It's very, yeah, and, and when things are bothering him, she doesn't lose it. She doesn't get frustrated God. with him. He just moves the things she's away. Worked a
0: long, he, she's worked yeah. a long time, and he is not the only kid who's had it met down with her, and she knows what to do, and she does not get flustered. So that's Yeah, she does.
1: And, you know, I think that probably we've had only two really non-productive sessions, and typically right after she'd email me, and then we would just kind of go a different direction for a little while. And. Yeah, you know, one one in particular was kind of when we were kind of in the peak of therapy. Like he was going twice a week and that was all we were doing. Um it was right, right before he therapy. And um he was he was definitely he, what he does is when he gets frustrated in therapy he just kinda of zones. Right. You know. So and, he was overloaded. Yeah, he goes he gets on overload and, and she's figured out she she can pull him back from that pretty easily um so so we went through and you know so basically you know we see her a half hour a week and then finally Mm -hmm. i got back in with our health insurance provider because you know health insurance and there's a big difference between a private pay therapist and a co-pay therapist um and the first meeting with her michael was he was kind of wired it's again we have to go to see the insurance company's therapist we'd have to go into the city. And Bye. we got there and he was pretty wired and he was he didn't have the wiggles out. He was kinda of running around the room and she had her toys were all hidden on a bookcase underneath the cloth. Well that wasn't gonna yeah. stop him. And so and of course she had picked I, I just love it that for him the best way to get him to tune you out is to play animals with him
0: and then try to make the animals go to sleep. Yeah, he doesn't like anything. Huh?
1: He does not like anything to go to sleep, including himself, <laughs> which is a whole other problem. And so, as soon as the therapist would sit and talk about sleep and going like a dog mm-hmm. going to sleep or anything, you may as well just—he's he, gonna—you're done. He'll just tune you wow. out at that point. So yeah. she had the animals down. She's trying to play with them and trying to make the animals go to sleep. And he's he's starting to run in circles. And so she said, well, he doesn't seem like he can attend. Um, he was drooling really bad. And so her only, yeah. equal, like, her data point was the assessment that was, like, 11 months earlier. And right. she was
0: saying. This other and, and, equally horrible assessment.
1: Right. And so... She's like, there's no improvement. This child, she's basically within, you know, within 15 minutes, she's like, you know, this child is autistic. And I'm like, I don't think no. so. I said, this is yeah. not how his sessions normally go. And I was so angry. And she said, well, he needs to go see a developmental pediatrician. And I was just hopping mad. And my kind, I have a cousin, I'm related to everybody, because, you know, big family. Yeah. Um, I have a cousin. <laughs> Who's a pediatrician? And I called her on the phone and I was just I was like I try never to call about medical stuff but I was like I just don't know what to do. And
0: her help. Yeah.
1: She's like, just go ahead and get the referral for the developmental pediatrician because you'll get the not autistic or the autistic diagnosis and that will help you move forward. Because right, you know, Uh, at that point I'm like you know, and so, but the therapy sessions that we were doing, with you know, so then we started the weekly therapy with the with the healthcare provider, and she was definitely she was doing them completely different. You know, very much more unstructured. You know, she'd sit on the floor with him, but she didn't expect anything of him. You know, she's um, like, "Well, he doesn't." And so, what to take
0: happened? This. And what happened during that, his behavior would escalate because she wasn't really doing anything, right?
1: Right, yeah. His behavior would kind of de-escalate, you know, so he would get worse. And so it took probably four or five sessions before she got structured enough, you know, in her activities because, and, and, you know, finally I was like, well, and she would often start the session by talking to me and not to him. Right. So he would assume it wasn't about him and that he was just supposed to, you know, amuse himself. Um, Right. And it was hard for her to pull him back. And so I think about the third session, I said, you know, I've been doing this for a year now. Because (laughs) I think that the other thing was that, you know, we'd been doing speech therapy for almost a year by the time she had kind of come in. And um, she had assumed, like, I didn't know anything. Right. Right. That we'd been doing therapy. And I was like, well, and I would say, well, that doesn't really
0: work with him. And she's like, well, it right. has to work. Oh, like, right. So oh. she didn't really listen. She did not listen to what you knew that your little guy would respond right. to. Not just not just out of the blue, but you had a year's worth of experience to back you up with what kind of therapy was successful versus what you were seeing with her, which was not working at all. So it took her several right. sessions to kind of get on your Bandwagon with you needed something to do. She needed to plan some things, and you, it needed to be more structured for him.
1: Right, and she, you know, so and and we also had fifty-minute sessions, you know. And I did change things so like too long long for him. I, mean, I think it, yeah, fifty-minute session is really long. I mean, he does he does okay now when we go, but even right. um, so, you know, we were going weekly, but you know, we get twenty sessions for the year, so we went weekly until. We could go monthly, and honestly, right. the only reason it's important for me is it's important for me to have his progress charted on his care record, right? You know, because yeah, you, know, you never know when you're going to need, say, well, to have proof, and right, and so that's where you know, like, well, it, it's sure sort of a pain in the butt, but it's really important too, so also, right.
0: You yeah, know, and I want to applaud you for keeping on with that. Because okay. I was telling you before the show started when we were talking that lots of moms get really so frustrated that they just decide to quit everything and they're not going to pursue anything. You know, it's too hard with the, just the logistics that you were talking about with going into the city and you know, hauling all your kids there and then you have to eat lunch because you're there so long and, you know, so it gets expensive on top of what you're paying for therapy. And a lot of moms just get to the point where they, they just can't take it anymore and then they may go a couple of years without therapy services. And so I just want to, again, applaud you for hanging in there even when things didn't always go so well, and that would be one of the take-home messages that we want parents to hear today is, you know, even when it's not going so great, you know, do what you did. Keep plugging away. Keep making better suggestions to your therapist. This what's worked in the past, and this is what I think we ought to try. The other thing that you did is you didn't just stop with one person, and you didn't just stop with that first horrible assessment and take that as you know the end all be all truth. You knew that there were some things about that assessment that were not right, and so you kept plugging away. And thankfully, your county therapist listened to you, and your private speech pathologist certainly listened to you yeah. and your concerns and worked and saw Michael with his strengths rather than his weaknesses.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing too is that, along the line. You know, so one of the things that um you know the therapist from the healthcare provider kept saying was, you need to work with him on taking turns. He needs to be able to take turns.
0: And, you
1: know, on my little personal team, you know, while, you know, this is, you know, while I'm doing all the speech therapy tests, I I was also the parents' president for our little little private school. And so I had very, very, very very close access to a lot of educators, including the preschool teacher where he's going to be going to school next year. And so, really? you know, so here's a speech therapist saying, this child needs to learn how to take turns, you know, he can't do language unless he does the back and forth stuff. And I'm like, well, I get that. But, you know, and she would tell me these things. And I'm like, well, that, that's more than a normal 3-year-old can do. You know, really? I got to the point where I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go find 3-year-olds for him to hang out with, and I'm going to see how the other 3-year-olds are acting because I have two older children, and I certainly right. you know, why why is it fair for me to expect more from him? Exactly you know, what a normal yeah. career doing. I'm like I right. was talking to the preschool teacher. I said, I you know, I would come and they would say these things. I call my preschool teacher friend who's gonna be his teacher and I'd say, Lisa, isn't you know, is this something he should be doing? And so I'm like, well, if he needs to learn how to take turns, I don't want to waste my speech therapy session with you trying to teach him how to take turns. I'll go put him in swimming lessons in a group swimming right. environment where he has to take turns with four other kids, and then he's going to right. get some gross going too because, right. you know, like, you know, the the programming of your brain and doing the swim strokes and the kicking at the right. same time, that's got to help.
0: Exactly. So, Yeah. You're a really smart mom.
1: I was like, that doesn't need to be all like, you know, because it was the taking turns. And one of the things is that Michael views taking turns as negative. You know, he's three. And it made him
0: mad. Yeah.
1: And so that would be like, you
0: know. so That's the kicker to me, though. Here we go. And I there's some therapists out there listening, thinking, but kids have to know how to take turns. Here's the kicker. We have got to meet children where they are. And so if that's something that's so stressful and so emotionally charged for a kid to the point that they are crying and having tant- after tantrum and you're not productive the rest of your session because you made them too mad, we don't need to keep using that as our primary therapy goal because I don't think kids learn from us when they're in that dysregulated state. So I think that is a lesson for all of us <laughs> listening. That and w- when it's not going well with the child, that means we need a new approach. I mean, end of discussion, common sense therapy one hundred and one. I wish they taught that in grad school, but unfortunately, they don't. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it's an important things important things lesson.
1: That, yeah, our private therapist does. Is that she uses the take turns. Um, when he's, you know, when he's not focused or when he's losing focus. And she'll say to him, oh, Michael, is it Kathy's turn? And he's like, no, no. And he will then do
0: whatever she wants. Why? Yeah, because she so knows. He has, he has knows. the concept of taking
1: turns. You know, he understands it, but he doesn't want oh, to do it. So she's turned that around so that when she says, oh, is it Kathy's turn, that he will immediately do what she asks then. And, and so
0: he totally Ivy gets says, that. Yeah,
1: he yeah, totally
0: he gets that. Yeah, and I do think that when you have kids that get so upset, and, again, it could be turn-taking. It could be anything you're doing. When they're that mad, they can't learn. So we have to change our approach, and we have to, again, not get so rigid in what we're doing that we force that rigidity in our little friends because they don't know what else to do. And then all your whole session is a power struggle. And I think that's totally nonproductive. And I hate that that happened to you guys over and over and over.
1: It was, yeah. And I noticed like, so like the last, you know, so Michael is in a very controlling phase. Right. So, you know, he's, he's three and a half and, you know, for, with the exception of his social and his language difficulties, and his social difficulties are primarily language problems at this point. Right, Um, right. He can't communicate with the other kids that he's playing with, and so therefore, you know, things kind of disintegrate, especially because, you know, other other three-year-olds don't understand. He can't communicate, let's say. So he does better with, you know, six- and seven-year-olds like his older sisters because well, they're, they're, more right.
0: yeah, they're, they're more predictable. Right. They're more predictable, they provide more structure, and they make allowances for him that other three-year-olds can't. So that's not a yeah. big surprise that he does better yeah. with, with older kids just based on, you know, what you've said about him. So I'm glad he has those uh, the, his older sister and then her little friends, too, Get that social piece with, too, and it's important that he learns how to get along with kids his own age, but this developmental period that may not happen yet because he's just not ready
1: right and he's he is definitely you know we're you know as we kind of move forward in what right. we're going to be
0: doing um right. So he, and that will be better this this uh, fall with preschool, too, because you said you have a really experienced preschool teacher who gets him and who knows him and has realistic expectations for how real-life children are. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so well, and she, right. she has known
1: him. You know, so she had my, my two girls in her preschool class, and when I was pregnant with him, you know, he was born, well, she was their teacher. So she saw him every single day you know, up until my, you know, up until two years ago, and she still sees them all the time. Um, Plus, she also taught my three nephews, you know, with their speech problems, and she's like, well, I think it will be just fine. She's got a lot of confidence, and she's, you know, she's, you know, uh, experienced in in lots of ways, so, um, but, yeah, so I think, you know, we're working, you know, right now, because the other thing is, is that you can get so keyed in on the speech stuff that you forget that he still has to potty train and he still has to do all these right. other things that are all inter they're all interrelated.
0: Exactly. You know, and that's,
1: you know, that's the whole thing is that you know ultimately, you know, when I started in, like, okay, well, um, I just really struggled as as a child learning how to read, and it was right. it was for me. It was it was really a very negative experience at the school I went to. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, so you know, if he can't say a sound, he won't be able to read it. So I was, you know, um, my children's first grade teachers. Um, she has a special interest in um, speak, speech language pathology, and she does a lot of mm-hmm. continuing education because she sees uh-huh. a lot of first grade. And she's been teaching for over 25 years, and so she's right. like, you know, first graders to come into school, and if I can't understand what they say, they're not going to be able to learn how to read.
0: Right. She's yeah. a great teacher, and she's got a lot of intuition about that. So that's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So she's,
0: you've had some, she's some really, really
1: good,
0: yeah, I was going to say, you've had some really good resources to be able to pull from to keep you going and keep you persisting, and keep you positive, even when things weren't going so well. For yeah, I period. think it's
1: important. You do have to have a really good team of people to work with, right. and uh, you know, we don't really have a, a support group, per se, for um, speech-language issues out here. Um, in Oregon, right. we have... You know, in where I live we have the high we do have the highest rate of diagnosis in autism in one of the highest in the whole country. So yeah. and I'm i and we live right in um we live in engineer land. You know, yeah. so we're 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 in the we're in most of the people around us are engineers. Um my yeah. husband is a software engineer and I was an accountant so he was pretty hosed for that kind of stuff anyway. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's pretty hosed. It's the truth.
0: It's the truth. You know, you're, you're telling the but, truth. And you had a big family history anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So we have a
1: family history. I have I have
0: cousins. Um,
1: I have first cousins on my mom's side who speak with an accent. And as I've been reading more and more, I mean, they have a very, very defined accent. And sometimes you can
0: barely understand them even as adults. That's you apraxia, know, so, Laura. That's apraxia. Yeah. They were undiagnosed with apraxia, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: so like I I was, you know, so I see yeah. them and they're, you know, they definitely have, um, you know, they're fine, productive adults, but they're, you're like, oh, you have an interesting accent. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, I've been, I, I do think that, You know, I just, some of the struggles I had, though, are not in common. You know, I talk with other people. um, But the big thing was really, you know, while I was at the pool, one of the other moms at the pool, she had several children, and one of her older children was autistic. And she asked me how many words Michael was saying, and I was saying, well, I think we've gotten him to about 100. And this was, um, and that was probably in April, and she says, mm-hmm. wow, that's a lot of words. She says, you know, my son's nine and he still only has 30. And right. I was like, oh, that that was kind of a perspective at that point. I think that, you know, people have kind of come in and, like, you know, it was a perspective that I really needed to have because I,
0: I was
1: like, they okay. Could. And so. it did make
0: you count your blessings. And even though you're struggling and even though he's in therapy and even though he's going to be in therapy a while, it still made you really think, boy, He's come a long way from where he is, and he certainly certainly is going in the right direction. Yeah, so that...
1: yeah, yeah he has. He's definitely improved a lot. He's you know now so after, um yeah so he's been in pretty much weekly therapy for, you know seven months now, and right. uh, um, he two you know two and three word phrases now. Uh, He imitates most words and talks back,
0: you know, has
1: Yeah. So it was like, it was very sudden, though. Um, Very, very sudden. That's his language
0: explosion. That's his explosion. Yeah, so. We were talking about that, and it was, you know, when you said he finally got it. And I love that you said that but i think we need to all with moms and even with therapists sometimes the met, we get so focused on when that happens rather than just knowing that it will happen eventually and to, for most kids and to well just appreciate that it happened you know and not try to get so hung up on the timing
1: well the funny thing was is that they kept working with him on Verbs or on nouns, and he uh-huh. just wasn't. And um, so, we you know, and the
0: reason they do that though, and you, and let me just interject this because I know there are therapists who are listening yeah. that are thinking, Well, of course, we work on nouns because that's how most children and children with typically developing skills learn language, but not. But kids with language delays (laughs) chart their own path with that, so nouns didn't work for him. What worked?
1: So, you know, it was just like we were kind of, she was doing some two-word things like the man is running. You know, something's hiding and something's Uh this, And then something clicked in his head because all of a sudden everything he was saying was a verb. He was go he was going to run, he was going to walk, he was going to do this, he was going to
0: cook, he was, you know, it
1: was like
0: but you everything. Know that yeah. totally makes sense to me because you said he's a busy kid. And so with those busy kids, we have to think about that and think about, again, that's a strength. And we have to look at that and think, how can I make words important in his little world? How can I give him some power and for little guys like that, it is teaching verbs first, and teach and again talking about and teaching what they're doing and what they're interested in, versus something that they have very little curiosity about.
1: Yeah, because that was, and it was the same thing like with the pretend play. You know, we uh-huh. had the places, we had everything, and I was I was at Costco right before Christmas, and they had this fire station.
0: Uh huh. You know,
1: Total boy toy. Had a fireman and a person and two cars that made noises, a couch and a TV and a laptop computer. I mean, really, what yeah. else does a man? Do? <laughs> I brought that home and I put it together. I didn't care that it was three weeks before Christmas. I said, He needs to learn, pretend, play. Let's see if this <laughs> says it. And I sat, down with, <laughs> I sat down with him on the floor and I said, The man is working, and I sat him on the computer with the laptop, just like his daddy.
0: Right. And he took
1: the other man and sat him on the couch in front of the TV and put the laptop in his lap.
0: There you go. There you go. You met him where he was. You met him where he was. You figured out what he liked to do, and you thought this is going to be a better way than working with animals or baby dolls or whatever. And that's how you do it. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah, so, um, but ever since that point, you know, he pretends all the time and his cars talk to each other. All of the things that we were working on before then, you know, once he had yeah. something he could relate to,
0: right. then it
1: worked, you know.
0: You so. totally remember what it was, though. That's what clicked for him. And once he got it, he got it. You know, he could he could generalize it things, but you had to make it super meaningful for him. And he sounds like a kid that he learns by doing. He doesn't learn when other people tell him. He doesn't oh, learn. Yeah, yeah, he's got to do it himself. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah. You know so much about him already, Laura. I mean, you know so much about his learning style already, and it may be different from your older children. But again, all this stuff, that you, all of this even the bad experiences have taught you a lot about your little guy in three and a half years.
1: Yeah. He, um, so, you know, I told you I doesn't like anything to go to sleep. Right. And <laughs> so when we did the assessment with the um, the developmental pediatrician, and they were yeah. doing the pretend play with the baby doll, and the baby doll right. was doing the birthday and they took him through a whole bunch of things, and he did fine. And then they got to the part where the baby doll needed to take a nap. Yeah. And I was like, What well, to- <laughs> oh, what is he going to do? And he looked at them, and he's like, so he took the doll, and he put the doll away. And he said, all done, no nap. And he put
0: there he you go. the doll
1: to the toy box. And he's like, no, I'm not doing it. We're all
0: done with that. Oh, my gosh. Like, but they gave him credit for that, right? And you told them you told them that he has a real aversion to sleeping. So they got that about him, right?
1: I think they got it. They were laughing so hard at that point because right. I think that at that point he had probably, when, when they asked him to put that doll asleep and he just looked at him and I think he said some phrase, I can't remember what it was,
0: But he was like, no, I'm not doing it. You know, I could tell from the look in his eyes that that was not going to (laughs) happen. But he clearly understood it. And that's what we have to recognize when we're evaluating children, and even children, especially children we don't know yet, is really going by what moms tell us about them and really considering those little quirks and not necessarily making those a bad thing. But taking what a kid does and deciding what information you can get based on how he responds. And so for him saying no nap clearly tells you, I understand sleeping, I'm not, and I don't want to make this doll do it, and because you are insisting on this, we're just going to be done with this doll altogether. But that gives us a lot of information about what he knows and what he understands and how he thinks. Right. Right. So, um,
1: yeah, That's so really he definitely. Cute. Yeah, he 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 has a huge he has a a big sense of humor as far as that kind of stuff goes. Um, yeah, and, you he's know, kind they, of sarcastic
0: already, isn't he?
1: Yeah. He well yeah well um, last week he said to me he came into the room with a huge smile on his face and he said my TV on not Annie and Katie's.
0: There you, you go. Know, so
1: he's gotten his sisters to make the TV have his show on it, you know, and,
0: you know, oh. given the
1: fact that the only TV show that he watches is Curious George right now, and uh-huh. that the girls were also into Curious George, I'm really, really looking forward to not ever having to watch Curious George again because I've seen all <laughs> – I've seen all – however many episodes there are, all six seasons <laughs> – at least two or three times a piece.
0: Oh, my goodness, you're so sweet. But that was communicative, yeah. and he told you that, and that was great. And I can see yeah, where he gets some of this personality stuff from. Yeah, he gets a lot.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> has a lot of personality. So, um, but, yeah, he uh, – and I think that, you know, he's he's definitely, you know, we're we have – you know, it's good to have goals. Um, yeah. And I this morning I was getting ready. I'm, I'm getting ready to set up our um, our mid year uh, early intervention meeting because a whole yeah. bunch of goals were set to expire right before the school year started. And I realized that all of his language goals, he's met them all in the last that four months. That is
0: fantastic. Fantastic. So I was
1: like, oh, he's already doing all that stuff. So you know and the other thing that was really helpful for him was um, when we started working on just functional language, very specific mm-hmm. parts, like saying hello and goodbye. It took forever mm-hmm. for him to get it, but once he would get it, he had it. I mean, um, right. I think I must have been I think I was listening to one of your, your old podcasts about kids with apraxia and, and how many times you had to say a word. Um, right. Before they got it,
0: right. and after they decided,
1: okay, we're only going to do like six words. We're going to just work on six words with them. And he would all he always had the signs for the words. He never had right. a problem signing. We did signing with him from before we knew he had a language problem. Right. So, and so he never had a problem signing crazy. for. So. You know, so his base needs he was able to take care of with sign language, and so that did make him a happier child.
0: Exactly, and it made it a lot easier for you, too, because you gave him a way to compensate for that lack of speech. So that was, that was great. Okay, yeah, so I wanted you – you let me just interrupt you real quick so that we okay. can talk about these things. You were so great when you sent me this outline, and you, this is this is what I want to be sure we – Talk about okay. our takeaway messages. And you said, as a parent, here are the things that frustrated me in this process, in our journey. We've talked about a few of those. Number one, you said, was a horrible long wait to get services through your health care providers. And that is a universal problem when you, <laughs> you know, and it, it really is worse in some pockets of the country but a lot of people say that and a lot of moms say that. And, again, I just want to encourage people to do what you did. If you can't get it through your private insurance company you went with your county early intervention and then you found a private person you would work with him and you just kept jumping over the hurdles until you could find something that really, really worked. So, again, even though you had that horrible weight, I just congratulate you for hanging in there and, and keeping going when a lot of moms would have would have given up. Do you have your list right in front of me, Laura, right in front of you? Yeah, Laura, I do. Do you Okay. No, yeah, Talk I mean, about I, number I, two because this is huge. Okay, second so, frustration. Um,
1: yeah, so one of the good things about going to our private therapist, and I know that the making cards is very old school and very frenetical, but we always had homework, and she would tell us different Hi. things we could do. With the cards, like when we were doing the bathroom series, you know, we would put the cards in the bathroom and I would, or I would send him, you know, working on receptive stuff, send him to the bathroom with the card and have him put it on the the things, or we would do um, treasure.
0: Those are great ideas. Yeah, those and are great so, ideas. And here's the thing: cards worked for him, and cards worked for you. They won't work for everybody. But Who cares in your situation? Because you only care about him and your family. Right. So that was awesome that she gave you that strategy. That's that's perfect. And, it, it, and who it, cares? It, it, you? Yeah, yeah. It gave I know you something that, that. to do and something concrete and structured, which both of you really liked.
1: Right, it gave us it gave us especially in the beginning five or six words mm-hmm. to work on, you know. And sometimes, right. you know, it got it got kind of ridiculous because I was keeping all the cards in the bag, and sometimes I would take them with me. And then finally, she started to realize how many cards were in there. Apparently, not all mom <laughs> could track the cards, and she she finally said, "You don't have to pack every time." Um, but
0: exactly.
1: So the the therapist with our healthcare provider she doesn't always give us homework and she doesn't always do
0: frustrating
1: it's frustrating because how is he going to improve between sessions if we're not working i mean he's going to learn how to talk not the one hour that we're with the therapist but the
0: other the other
1: times that we're working during the week and so not necessarily having specific things and i think um but that kind of comes into um, I think what's the next one? I stupid Facebook. Expecting
0: um, more expecting more from a a kid who's in therapy than a typical than a kid who's right. the same age who's developing typically and that happens all the time, where we will expect a two or three year old to sit for fifty minutes, like you said, when Typically, developing kids can't do that, and so sometimes our, our expectations are well beyond what would be developmentally appropriate, and that is, I hate that when that happens, but you are so wise to, to realize that and to get out and get some other opinions about that, and really, let me just say, for the therapist who was working on turn-taking, it wasn't that turn-taking wasn't a good goal, it was just that she wasn't really working on it in, the, in a productive way for him.
1: Right. And he was and getting
0: the expectations were beyond. Yeah. He was
1: mad. He was getting mad. And and you know, so when she when the other therapist turned the turn taking around to being, Oh well, you're not doing it right now. So it's my turn to do it for you. Or, you know, sometimes it would be mommy's turn and then he realized, Oh, well if I want to get to have the fun stuff, I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to so I, That's so I to brilliant. It.
0: That was brilliant. So, on your on her part and on your part, that was just perfect and that but that's how we know that he understands turn taking
1: <laughs> right so <laughs> you know and again,
0: maybe not the most traditional way to teach it, but he certainly understood the concept, and then you used it to your benefit so Again for the therapists exactly. who were listening who were thinking, is she saying don't work on turn taking? No, 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 no. What we're saying yeah, is we it's got to figure difference. out the best way to work on it. Yeah. For, yeah, and
1: if it's gonna be and that and that should to me it's it's something, yeah, you can work on in therapy, but it shouldn't be the key message, at least for someone, you know, because that's something exactly. that he should be doing. He needs to take turns. But it, there's so many different other ways that are outside of speech therapy. Why frustrate a kid with speech therapy taking turns with the therapist when right. right.
0: you really want to be his very best friend, you know. Exactly.
1: But, but and so, I preach
0: that all the time. And there are other things, too. If she'd really had, um, when we use better materials, kids want to stay with us more and want to do that back and forth piece. And I think I shared on the on the podcast a few weeks ago, I can't remember if I did or maybe it was on com Facebook page, but when we work on turn-taking with kids, lots of kids have difficulty with that, and our turns as the adult need to be about a millisecond. I mean, brief, I right. mean, you give exactly. it right back. <laughs> very, very you give great. it right back. Yeah. yeah. And so, so, again, it then- wasn't. It wasn't that her goal was off. She just didn't work on it in a developmentally appropriate way. And I think that was your number five. I know that's not the next thing thing oh, you Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. So, so that was actually um, number three. I had the turn kicking in there. And then number four was um, oftentimes they weren't paying enough attention to Michael so that sometimes he would say the word or he'd attempt the word, and he would think he was already done, and they would still be yeah. expecting him to say it that they weren't either seeing the signs or yeah. hearing him. They weren't reinforcing
0: him quickly enough. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah.
1: And so then he would get frustrated and then um and then the the final thing was is that I, I really came to the realization that the therapist or a healthcare provider really
0: wasn't seeing very many children. Right. <laughs> and therein um, lies the whole problem is that she said that
1: she wasn't going to be available for his appointment because she was going to be in the hospital. And I said, oh, are you working with stroke patients? I'm like, well, if I wanted to get a therapist who didn't work with children, I can go down the street to the, you know, to our local thera- therapy place that works with the stroke patients. And I got about 20 speech therapists in this little town that's all nursing home. Yeah. You know, but, you know, and so I and you know that's an
0: important yeah that's an important point she probably didn't have enough you know consistent experience with children in early intervention to be a good match.
1: Right and I'm not sure at, at this point and and I I have to figure out how I how I do this is that at this point through our you know through our HMO that there is someone who's going to be I mean theoretically she knows what she's supposed to do.
0: Right. You but know, that's but a lot different from a practical perspective. perspective.
1: Right. And so a she was different. theoretically presenting all the things that I would expect from what I've read online and everything that, yeah, this is right. what kind of therapy she needs. But she didn't necessarily know how to deal with a small child
0: all the time. Exactly. With the
1: normal stuff that small children do.
0: So, exactly. uh, so, you, so you're probably looking to make a change there, right?
1: Yeah, probably am, and I'm not. You know, it's it's going to be. I have to figure out how to do it. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's kind of like okay, well, you know, I. And the other thing is, is that as she, as we talk more through the sessions, is that you know she's also getting really involved with her union, and she has a lot of distractions, and so. Wow. Um, yeah.
0: You, know, and you really shouldn't know any of that about her.
1: <laughs> you know, and really I did know that it
0: should be about I, you and Michael. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, mostly because all of a sudden that our regular appointment time's no longer available or, you know, she's got two appointment times a day. You know, and to me, uh, you know, when I look at our private therapist who has the half hour appointments and who's seeing ten or fifteen kids a day. Uh, right. Because you know, when you're the only when you're the only game in town, you know she's pretty right. well the morning and the afternoon, uh, right? So, and then um, you know, the, my last one that was on there was not sharing the results of my last assessment with me before she shared it with the other therapist,
0: and, I was and that's like, a huge I, uh, You know, I mean, that's a big. A big issue we should never be talking with anyone about a child before we've shared that information with parents and that's, yeah. Yeah, so
1: she hasn't had cool. about that uh, <laughs> and that and that was just really recent I'm like well, wait a second you know you had an hour he sailed through the assessment he did all that he was supposed to do and she had a ton of time left um, and she never got back to sharing the results with me and then at the end of the appointment she says, Well, I'll send these on to the other therapist. Right. And I'm like, Well I should have those results because again, you know, I'm working on the sure. account of them at home all the time.
0: Right. Oh you know, so, Yeah. Uh, I can see your frustration with that. And I am so glad that you've had your private person and that you had that county person early on to really have some highlights. (laughs) Yeah. It's not (laughs) anything
1: I haven't been there definitely I had a period where I was very discouraged and very frustrated and it was just like I always just remembered that, you know, I have a goal and I want him you know, I want him to start kindergarten on time. You know, and that's still a long time away, really. It's still two and a half it's two still two years away. But in the Range of what he's going to need to learn in the next two years, he still has a lot to do. So.
0: He does, but you know, I think I love though how what he's doing now. You said now he's speaking in phrases. You've got some nice back and forth in conversation. He's answering some questions. So those are some real positive things. And you had asked me, we're not going to get to really talk about this on air, but you said what to do next, and I'm going to send you. Uh, Teach Me to Talk Your Therapy Manual as a way to thank you for being on the show and sharing your story and to let you know those next little things um, that should come in. And the great thing about that book, Laura, is that it tells you what the goal should be or what those next little milestones are and gives you some good ideas, some really practical, tried-and-true things that have worked. And so Uh that's what you should do next with him. And listen, if you are having trouble, With And not understanding those, I want you to email me back, because you are going to be on my virtual caseload forever now, (laughs) and I will help you from afar. (laughs) So if you're not able to get that stuff uh, in person. And one thing you should do, too, is your private therapist is talk to her about that and say, I know we're working on these sounds, but let's look at his language. What would come next with the language and help her um, redirect some of that stuff, and I know that you sound like you've got a great plan for the fall for him with your your sweet little school there and your uh, knowledgeable preschool teacher. So even though you had some setbacks along the way, you are moving forward. And again, it sounds like that he's made a lot of progress.
1: Yeah, he he really has, um, and I know. You know, you get I get a little nervous sometimes, but um, you know, each time he comes to like a, a big change, it's, it is hard for him. So
0: well, and some of that is just going to be maturity and him having experiences, yeah. Yeah. and that's just part of growing up. And every kid has that. Some kids handle it better than others, but that's just part of life. The good thing is with his, with preschool, and that's what you're talking about, another big change is that he's gone to that school with your older girls. And so it might not be as unfamiliar or as new as it might be for another kid who's had no previous experience going to a new place. So you've got some positives even in that. Situation. Yeah, he
1: has. And he has been doing the county preschool, and he has been doing,
0: you know, we put
1: him in another, uh, we put him in daycare to potty train and and some of those other things, so that we can make sure, you know, that he doesn't, you know, the preschool stuff and that social stuff is so important because, you know, it is you don't you don't learn language by you know sitting in the classroom, you learn it by playing with other kids and having.
0: yeah, and he's a doer, yes, and a that newer. seems to be the the way that he learns, and the, really the way all kids learn. But for him, it sounds like that's one of his strengths. He's active. He's busy. And so exposing him to those new real-life situations has been more successful for you than even some of your therapy sessions. So I love that oh, you're yeah. intuitive that's enough right. to get that going. Yeah. 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 And it's it really going to take this time this. yeah.
1: Yeah, just tell you, if you have a really quiet little kid, just tell him to take him to the toy store, the toy aisle of whatever, you know, shopping store they have. <laughs> just see all sorts
0: of words pop out if you're
1: worried about it. He's not going to talk. There you go. Stuff. That's how he that's, loves to stop, talk about his things that he wants to buy, you know, stores. That's a real life
0: skill. Yeah, that's real life therapy <laughs> right there.
1: Yeah, real life therapy. Uh, I told Yeah, so,
0: but thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And listen, I want you to email me your address. Don't say it on here. Just email me that, or I think we were communicating um, on the Facebook page. Put that on there so I can get the the book in the mail to you. And thank you so much, again, for being willing to share your story. And I know that other moms and therapists can benefit from that information. Um, We've got to keep therapy fine. We've got to meet kids where they are. And if you're a mom and something doesn't feel right about a diagnosis or about a particular therapy approach, or whatever's going on, keep following those instincts to find a better match for your child and for you. All right, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Thank you. All right, I think that'll do it for this week. I already keep the music, so we're going to let that be that. Send me your information, though, and thank you so much. I so appreciate it. All right, thank you. All right, bye-bye.